Hi, friends. I'm Chandra Sanchez. And I'm Misha Lazera. And you're listening to Bandwives. Ben, what are you juggling this week? Um, my son does not have school today, and my husband and I did not communicate about the separate activities that we, we both have planned. So we had, obviously, this recording. He has a bunch of Zoom interviews for tour uh, and for the album cycle, and we have our... <laughs> our son running around like maniac. So luckily our babysitter was available and she came in in the final hour to save the day. Love that. Outside of that, I have just been doing home stuff. My, my mom was here for a week. I had cousins and their babies in and out for the last few weeks. So it's just been like a steady stream of house guests. And I am playing massive cleaning, catch up and organizing and doing all that, like leaving the house for a month kind of stuff. Yeah, we're leaving soon and I still don't have a plant sitter. No. <laughs> I'm you should I'm ask on some. the Instagram. I know. I'm going to put out an application. I, I'm going to ask my sister and some pals because it's just like every few days. They're not like a pet. Yeah, there's this one and it's a pothos and so they're supposed to be easy, but this one gets so withery. It's just like so thirsty. You're like, just be a plant, dude. Like, <laughs> come on. Your life is pretty good. I water I you. I sing to you. Just enjoy it. Yeah. I would give anything to be a plant. Maybe in another life, <laughs> you will be <laughs> next time. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a little worried about that, but I'm excited to go on the road. I am also a little nervous because I did get my book deadline. I've had that, you know, for a little bit and I need to let it sink in and <laughs> take it seriously. So How has it been going? Are you are you getting like words in every day? Are you Um well, <laughs> I'm really, I'm a, a point in the process where maybe I would need to review my outline and really get a sense of the trajectory because I think I'm getting close to the end and I want to make sure I uh, kind of wrap that up. So I think I'm going to review my notes in the outline and I need some time to do that. But because the tour is taking off and um, I've been working on some projects and I didn't have my deadline for a long time. And so I didn't really know what my timeline would be, but I still have um, a full three months. So I feel really good. I mean, I'm almost done with all the words, but it, it really needs to pull it all together. When you uh, When you work on a new project, like for example, for this piece, did you know, do you know the ending? I know this is like looking into the, the recipe, but like, do you always know the ending or are you a writer who's just kind of evolving as you go? Um, well, for this one, I started writing it in a memoir workshop because it's based on the true story of my great grandmother, my great, great grandfather, partially. And then the other um, POV is a modern day and it's not really based on me at all, but, but maybe like loosely. And so that I, I kind of knew those endings, but even now I'm tinkering with them and I realized that they have to kind of, one of them is going to have a surprise change 
it's hard to explain, but I, I, um, and then for my first book, Manic Constellations, I left the ending open and I thought it would be, I thought it would go differently. And then as I was writing it, I was like, this can't happen. Sorry, Misha. It's amazing when that happens. It almost feels like consulting the best editor in the world when something just evolves and becomes what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And I got some advice from one of my professors, Wilton Barnhart at NC State. And he was like, just don't know the ending. If you know it, no one will be surprised by it. And so I've kind of taken that to heart, but I also find that as I'm writing, and I don't know how, if this is the same for you, if you guys know the endings or not, as I'm writing, I get these lightning bolts where, they, where I understand that the story better. A hundred percent. We'll do, you know, we'll do these big, massive sort of brainstorm sessions where Claude and I will post up in the living room and order takeout. We just, we know today's going to be like a 10 hour dedicated, stay in your pajamas, get all the books. Um, and with us, there's a lot of canon material that predates whatever we're working on. But generally we like to leave certain things open for those lightning bolts and, and they happen and it's so magical when they happen. It's, everything feels right in the world. Um, I love that. That's my, that's one of my favorite parts of writing is the discovery. Oh yeah. I guess that's the, the inspiration, right? The, the divinity popping in. Yeah. That's the, ch the channeling the source. <laughs> sure. I was in bed, um, a couple of weeks ago and that's when this couple of things hit me that I realized I had been circling, like that you're circling around it, or you kind of, you're leaning yourself there and, but you don't realize it. <laughs> Maybe you haven't put all the puzzle pieces together yet. So I have the phone notes and I wrote it all long thing out and that, and a couple scenes, sometimes it's in scenes, you know, where it pops in your head and you're yep. like, oh, this scene needs to happen. So it came, to, it's coming together and I'm excited. I love to hear that. Working on stories about people that you know, do you ever feel pressure to sort of amend the reality or, or, you know, shapeshift characters because you are afraid of what's going to happen or what someone will think? Yeah, I would say I feel that immense burden right now because I'm writing the story of my great grandmother and I'm going to have to perhaps change her name or because I am changing the story I am. I'm changing it and I'm doing so for myself. And I don't want to like pretend that I'm doing it for her, but I tell myself that. Fair. <laughs> so without giving too much away, I would definitely say that I'm creating um, kind of the dream scenario for her that I, that I'm projecting, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And I don't know if we've discussed this before, but I'm actually working on a novel memoir style about my grandmother uh, oh I think you mentioned her story to That's, me I yeah yeah it's I'm having the same challenge where I want to be honest with myself about who she was and because it's the reason that I am writing about her because she was so captivating and such a badass but I also I know she's like in this room right now saying you better choose your words yeah. carefully. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's the dance. Dave Sedaris talks about that a lot. And I, I love to hear him talk about writing about his family and how everybody hates him now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am going to segue because I am going to introduce our amazing guest today who happens to be one of my band wives um, <laughs> and a dear friend, Kira Cooper. She is a teacher, 
real estate agent, which is a, <laughs> a new pandemic venture that she's killing yeah. it at, a mother of two, and wife to our bassist, Zachary. Welcome. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. How is uh, how's Florida? How's the weather? It's, um, you know, summer in Florida, so we're basically sitting at the gates of hell right now. <laughs> it's been a little bit hectic. The humidity is kind of set in, so we're stuck inside for the most part. We had a like a fall sprinkle fairy pop oh. in this week and give us 60 mm-hmm. degrees. Oh, I'm jealous. I mean, okay. oh, just in the nick of time, you know? Beautiful. When everybody is raging on the streets and... Right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh. Are you ready for the the disappearing act that <laughs> the boys are about to play? No pun intended there, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yes. Yes, I am. Um, I hate when he's gone, but I also really like when he's gone, too, because it just <laughs> gives me so much time with my girls by myself, and I get to do all the things that I want to do for me. So, yeah, we're ready. We're ready. Awesome. You're, are you working? You're, you're obviously not working through, you know, teaching through the summer, yeah. but... Um, I mean, yes and no. I'm I'm not in my classroom, but I'm still lesson planning and getting stuff ready for the new year. Um, last year, I was just a math and science teacher. Now I'm going back to teaching all subjects again. So I have to go through training after training after training. And I'm doing the real estate stuff, plus I'm doing all the baking. So I'm, I think, busier now than I am during the working year. Oh, damn it. I left <laughs> the baking out of your mind. No, no. Uh, <laughs> I follow your Instagram so closely. <laughs> explicitly for <laughs> pictures of your babies and baking. Uh, she actually made Atlas and birthday cookies last year that were unbelievable. Oh, I forgot about that. Huh. Yeah. I, it's almost like everything in the pandemic just didn't happen. Right? I had a flashback of it the other day. Yeah, that's wild. I totally forgot about that. What is something that listeners would be surprised to hear about your life? Other than baking and everything <laughs> yeah. you literally just said. You know, I, I think the funniest thing, and uh, my life is extremely, it's just ordinary. Um, everybody is always surprised when they find out what that does. And I try to hide that from people as long as possible. Um, because they're like, well, why, why do you do what you do? Or, you know, tell me all about him. And I'm like, it's, just, it's very ordinary. You know, um, I still have to get up and go to work and I take care of my kids and we have doctor's appointments and, you know, we're like shopping at Target. You know, we do all of the things everybody else does in their daily day-to-day like my life looks exactly like yours I get frustrated with my kids or my husband or myself or I just need an escape and I need to go for a run so um people are always surprised and I'm like everything that I do is what you do my life is no different than yours except my husband leaves for a couple of months at a time but um you know like he still goes to work the same way anybody else would go to work and when he's home he's home so I think that's the most surprising thing is people just have this assumption that when you're a band wife, like you live in this mythical fairy tale world and everything is sunshine and rainbows. It's like, no, my life looks exactly like yours. It's exactly the same. Yes. I fight a dollar for every time I have somebody at a convention or something ask like, well, what is it like being married to Claudia? I'm like, well, he, you know, he left his pants on the floor yesterday and that we went to see a movie, you know, it's, um, I think there's this strange misunderstanding about fame and celebrity, even in small doses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what that means and what that looks like at home and what people's lives really are. Yeah, there's no other way to put it. 
you know, I was running through that one last night. I'm like, it's just, we, we live ordinary lives. I'm a person, you're a person. We piss each other off. We make each other happy. Like it just, there's something different about the way that I live than anybody else. Until people find out and then treat you strangely. Right? Right? And that's the most annoying <laughs> part, right? Then they want to like coddle you a little. And I'm like, please just, you want to live with him for a couple of weeks and see that he's a normal person? <laughs> I'll find him to you. Do like wife swap. Right. My, my oh my goodness. Guilty pleasures. <laughs> so give us a little background on you. Like what are some things you're proud of? Past, present, future. I mean, I hate to be that like braggy wife, but I, I think I'm most proud of Zach, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, just because we have been together for so long. We're coming up on 22 years now, this October. So you know, we've been together since we were babies. Uh, we were 16 when we met and kind of started this journey. And um, I give him a lot of credit because I am very much a pessimist and he's very much an optimist. So we are very opposite of one another. Um, and when I met him, his big dream was like, I'm, I'm going to play music for a living and that's how I'm going to make my way. And I'm like, no, you're not. You know, find, find a job, get yourself together, go to college. You know, the very atypical like scheduled lifestyle thing. Um, and he never buckled ever. Um, and that's where he, that's how he got where he is now. Like he never compromised himself. Um, and that's super admirable just in everything that he is. He's never compromised ever. And, you know, that's taught me to not compromise for myself. And that took me a very long time to kind of catch up to that. And like, you don't have to change yourself to kind of fit this mold or this sort of societal you know, picture of what they think you should be. Like, if you want it, go for it. And so I'm incredibly proud of him for that because he's never compromised ever. Um, Just past, present and future. I don't think he ever will. So he'll just keep on rocking, doing what it is he wants to do within, you know, confines of what's appropriate. Um, But I'm extremely proud of him for that. You know, he just holds to himself 100%. And you, you came, you know, Zach came into the full, at like a huge time in your lives too, right? You just had a baby. We did, yeah. Isla was um, ten days old. Yeah, she was ten days old when when he came into the fold. So that was a very wild time. That was our first kid. We were coming off of a really difficult pregnancy. He was like taking off, and I had lost my job. We had lost our apartment, so we were kind of in the throes of chaos. And he was just like, "I'm out. You know, go do it. Go do your thing." And um. There was never a second where I questioned it or was like, please don't, like, we're in chaos right now. I was super pumped for him from the jump. Like, go try it. Like, see if you can fulfill your dream, follow your passion. And he did. It was awesome. I remember Abigail and I talking about about just, I mean, we all knew that Zach was <laughs> the one <laughs> from, from day one. He is, Misha, he is just a freaking delight he's so like god he's just such a lovely talented dude and he's he's you know a great dad and just so easy to be around um but when we met you and hearing that like you're sending him out on the road and you have a 10 day old baby and you're gonna figure this out on your own i mean my god like the support and the sort of sacrifice that you made for those things that he had worked so hard for was just on another level. I appreciate that. I mean, I, um, I mean, he's my best friend, you know, like he's, he's my ride or die. So for me, it wasn't really a sacrifice. I didn't look at it as a sacrifice. I didn't look at it as anything difficult. It was just like, this is, 
your chance to try and make it work. So why would I ever tell you no? Like, I never want to be in his way. I never want to discourage him. Um, so it wasn't really a sacrifice for me um, because it was just me kind of like pumping him up to follow his dream. It was a little hectic. I'm not going to lie. It was a little crazy for a while because you're dealing with first time mom stuff and he's away and he's got all the jitters of being on the road for the first time. Um, but it wasn't ever really a sacrifice. And I think that's what makes it easier for me because I don't ever feel like I'm sacrificing anything to let him go off and do what it is he wants to do. I'm just kind of like in the background cheering him on. And I think that makes the difference right there. And it's not, I don't feel like I'm in the sideline waiting because I don't feel like I'm putting anything for myself or my kids aside. And I don't think he's doing that either. It's very inspirational. <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> I'm like, wow. Yeah, I mean, wow. <laughs> and it's a dance for sure. It's a balance. But it's a dance. You two sorted it out in such a harmonious, beautiful way. <laughs> it was also cool, you know, because none of us had children at that time. Yeah. You two were the first. Yeah. So we sort of learned how to do it watching you, <laughs> you know, watching the, these first time parents kind of do this in exactly the situation that all of us would ultimately be in in a few years. Yeah. And you guys are great parents. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Behind the scenes, it doesn't always feel that way, but, uh, and it's not always a harmonious dance for sure. It took us time, but we were very comfortable with ourselves as a couple and then also very comfortable with who we are individually. And I think that that really has to really be in place before you try to embark on this crazy tour wife kind of a lifestyle, right? Because it's, it's not, it's not for everybody and you really have to know who you are individually, but you also have to know who you are as a couple. Otherwise it's just going to be chaos and you're going to spin yourselves out of control. So uh, we were fortunate that we were together for so long before he sort of embarked into this and we had to dip our toes in together and sort of figure it out. And that I'm super blessed in that, you know, aspect there. How old is your oldest? She's 10. So it was 10 years ago when yeah. all this went, wow. Yeah, actually we were, uh, we joke about it because he was waiting. He, you know, he did his audition and we didn't hear anything. And I was pacing the halls of the hospital in labor, like in active labor. And I'm sitting there like getting ready you know, have our first child and he's hemming and hawing about the fact that he didn't get the call back. For three years. <laughs> <laughs> I could have killed him. I was so angry. <laughs> he cares right now. Um, you know, and then about two days after she was born, he got the call back and I was like, everything, everything worked. She needed her day. She was like, just give me my moment. <laughs> give it to me, please. <laughs> so how do you think then that your relationship, the longevity of it, um, and doing all these things has, has brought you to something that you're proud of now. I mean, that's a tricky one. I think that you really, you need to be comfortable in yourself, right? So it wasn't always easy. Um, there was a time frame where I did put everything for myself on the back burner and I kind of, you know, put my kids first and I put Zach first and I got really unhappy with the way things were going. Um, and I was just miserable in my job and miserable in myself. And, um, you know, it took me a while to kind of step back and say like, Hey, you gave up all these things that made you, you, and you gave them up for no reason. Like nobody asked you to. And so I started to sort of put things that meant a lot to me back into the fold slowly, just to kind of see how that was going to go. And it made our relationship better. 
because I was happier in the long run. And then I started to pull my kids in. So, you know, when I was younger, I would spend my summers with my aunt um, and we would do the horse show circuit around New England. And I loved that. I felt very free. I felt like myself. And I gave that up when I met Zach on my own accord. Um, he never asked me to do that. And then I started to just kind of become grouchy and not fun to be around. And then I had my kids and um, I realized that I missed that a lot. And um, just before my dad passed, you know, he was doing all this crazy stuff that I never pictured my dad do. And he went out and bought like crazy expensive jet ski and he was like the thrill seeker and he was just out kind of doing whatever. And he said to me, you know, just do it. Like I'm doing things that I want to do because why not? And so that sort of resonated with me. And then when he passed, I was like, I'm just going to start doing those things that I want to do again. So I just called the barn and I got back in on the barn um, and I started riding again and I brought Isla in with me and things just sort of started to fill in. And, uh, you know, then I was having all of these like health issues and a friend of mine was like, well, you know, just go to an acupuncturist. That's like, that's crazy. But I went and I loved her and I was like, I don't care if it works or it doesn't. For me, it works and I love it. So I just started doing things that made me happy again. And that overall just really impacted our relationship. It made us a stronger couple and it made my relationship with my kids stronger. And so um, for me, I sort of realized you're not taking care of yourself. You can't pour from an empty cup, you know, so <laughs> that's so cliche to say, but you know, my cup was empty and I was trying to pour out for everybody around me. And so I filled my own cup and then that really strengthened everything all around me and I think you really need to know your partner too uh for longevity that's a huge thing there'll be days where I'll come home from work and I'm ready to go and I'll walk in the door and he's just had it <laughs> and I'm like today it's not yeah. the time um <laughs> it's not the time so you know I've learned how to sort of substitute so when I come home and I've had a day and I walk in and he's had it I go for a run instead of like laying it out on a seat. And I think just understanding your partner and their vibe and their cues, whether they're, you know, physical or, um, you know, just laid out in front of you, that makes a huge difference in how your relationship runs. I don't think we need yeah. to do anything else. I think we're done with the show. This is like everything that everyone needs to know. <laughs> The best advice there is goosebumps, <laughs> feeling emotional right now. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it, um, have you considered getting a, a psychology yeah, degree? Do you want to add that to your bio? You know, it's funny because I have because I love like, and I don't know what it is. I have no background in psychology whatsoever, but I start to talk to people and then at work, people will come to me and be like, hey, what do you think about X, Y, and Z? And I'm like, I, I mean, I'll tell you what I think. I am not... <laughs> qualified in any way shape or form to tell you anything um but I, I'm happy to tell you what I think and I just I've gotten to a point I think especially like we've been together forever and we came up in a time like we were kids we were babies when we got together and then we just sort of grew together and so we learned each other and we learned all the nuances um but I also got to a point where like I just don't really care anymore about what yeah. anybody thinks like I do not care I care about what my husband thinks and I care about what my kids think, but like outside people, like if you don't like me, I don't care. Yeah. Like I like me, my husband yeah. likes me, my kids like me. And that's really, that's really all that I care about to be fulfilled, you know? And so I think when you get to that point in your life where you don't care about what anybody else thinks, it's so incredibly freeing. And then people just sort of gravitate to you. And then they're like, 
tell me more about you and how you get to be in that spot. And I'm like, you just, just stop caring. Just stop. <laughs> yeah, just, just stop I love caring that. what people think. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Nobody's going to like you 100%. People are always going to like you. They're always going to hate you. So be comfortable in yourself and be okay with that. And you're fine. Well, we like you. Well, thank you. I'm loving this. <laughs> I'm loving it. Loving every second of this. I mean, yeah, there's something about somebody not afraid to be unapologetically who they are and not feel like they have to tell you why. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's like, acu- like acupuncture. Right. Oh, I also love no, acupuncture. I love acupuncture. Yeah. Oh, my God, I love it. My favorite. But growing up, no one I knew no. got acupuncture. Nobody went to a chiropractor. Nobody had, you know, cupping. Nobody right. meditated. It, it wasn't a part of existence. Mm. It And there were things I would have been scared to try or would have sort of written off because somebody else told me they don't work or that's not for you or you can't wear a ball gown to 7-Eleven. But guess what? I'm doing it. Do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> yeah. That's it's good. So with that in mind, tell us something that you're excited about right now. Like what's going well? What's working? Right now, I mean, knock on wood, everything is working beautifully. Um, we're in the throes of, because we're crazy, building another house. Um, and that is finally falling into place. And we are extremely excited about that. And it just seems like we were in a holding pattern with the house for a while. And now it's, it's kind of coming into play. It looks like it's going to be done on time, which is unheard of right now. So yeah, we're really we're super excited about that. You know, everything with my real estate career is going really well. Things with my kids are working out great. Like my own personal health is kind of falling back into place. I let myself go for a while. Um, and then I kind of got sick of that. So, you know, I just decided to make the summer about like taking care of myself. And so that's all starting to fall back into place. Like everything just seems to be working right, right now. With my extended family, things are going great. So yeah, I mean, knock on wood, everything right now is great. It's really great. That is awesome to hear. Yeah. Actually, you just said something. I got sick of it. Like, yeah, I just got tired. We underestimate how much motivation mm-hmm. comes from just hitting the end of being done with your own shit. Right. And I was done. With yeah. It. I was so done. With Nobody it. can tell you anything. Like, I'll know what I need to do. But until I'm so done with myself. Right. About X, Y, or Z, nothing will change. Nothing's going to change. Yeah. yeah. No yeah. one can tell you anything. Is just the truth right. of life. You just really have to decide. And it's like you also said, like, no one asked you to just give up anything necessarily. I think with this yeah. life, there is, there, I personally feel like there are things you have to give up, which is life with the, with two partners, you know, which is at mm-hmm. the very basis of it. But you're right. Like there are always, you can just decide to do it and find a way to do it, however possible, yeah. whatever it takes. And I, and I think sometimes it's not even that hard. Like you said, you just called a barn and you were like, actually, I just want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I was in my own way. And that was the biggest thing I had to figure out. Like my only hurdle was myself. Nobody else was standing in my way. And, you know, I, I called when I was at work and I came home and said, hey, I uh, I have a riding lesson. And, you know, he was so pumped. He was like, thank God you're getting back on the horse. Like literally, literally. <laughs> um, you know, so it was good. You know, or I came home one day and was like, uh, I'm going to go work out. Like I'm, I'm tired of just like being unhappy, you know, with how I look. So, and I haven't gotten off the bike since, you know, and I feel so much better about myself. So 
you know, he's my cheerleader a hundred percent, but like, I think the biggest hurdle in life is you have to figure out that like you are in your own way, like get out of your way. I totally, I totally agree. And I have a similar situation with going back to school because I was just like, I just need to do this. And for a while I didn't finish my undergrad for a long time. And I decided to let two classes. So I can totally relate to just being like, I have to get this done. Yeah. Okay, so you've already said like you've kind of got your shit on lock, but we are wondering what the the hardest part of having Zach away and, and the advice that you have. And you've given a lot of, yeah. I think, really great advice, but advice specifically for when they're on the road. Um, you know, I, I think it was it was definitely a dance. It was definitely a learning curve um, when they go away. It, it's not easy when they're gone, but it's not difficult. Um, I think it's as difficult as you make it. And, and, and as difficult as you want it to be, right? Um, not that you ever want it to be difficult, but if you're sitting there watching a calendar and like just letting your wheels spin, it's gonna suck from start to finish. Like it, it's really hard. Um, so for us, what we figured out, and it was a trial and error is your communication with your partner is key. Um, it, it's absolutely essential to making sure that the whole thing works um, and understanding that, your schedules are going to be so vastly different when they're gone. So while he's away, I'm busy and I'm working while he's in downtime, which is really hard because when I come home, I just want to chat and talk. And that's when everything is kicking up. So you really need to learn how to do this like delicate dance with your partner with scheduling and with emotion and all of that and just really communicating, but also carving out time for each other while you're on the road um, away from your kids too. And I think that's essential. Like, having a timepiece where your kids are able to talk to dad or, you know, just kind of unload, but then saying, okay, when you're done with everything, we need 30 minutes to just kind of talk. Like, hey, how have you been? What was like awesome about your day? What sucked about your day? Like, what's really bugging you right now? How can I help you from home? What can I do for you? And I always try to make it, um, you know, when he comes home, there's always like something waiting for him, you know, like when he leaves, it sucks and I hate it. I still cry been 10 years and I can't help it and I know when he leaves Wednesday afternoon I'll be like a hot mess express in the kitchen when the car pulls away I can't help it you know like that's that's my person that's my guy he's my rock um he's my everything um and so when he goes it sucks and it sucks for like 20 minutes but then you know it's like I cry and I put on my big girl panties and I'm like all right schedule time what are we gonna do like how do we do it um and so I just giving yourself the freedom to like cry and be sad that they're gone but then going like, okay, you've got this. You've done this a hundred times. Like, you know what to expect. And I never, I never, ever, ever watch a calendar. That's the worst thing. That's the hardest part. People always ask me, they're like, don't you love these like short four day trips? No, they suck. I hate the short trip. I love the six week trip now because <laughs> once he's gone, I don't watch a calendar. I get into a routine. So I miss them. Um, but just communicating with each other and understanding that like, Sometimes your needs might have to be put on the back burner because they've had a shit day. That's okay. And you're going to have hard days too. And that's also okay. But also being able to call them up and be like, Hey, I had a hard day. Can I just unload on you for 10 minutes? I can know that's not what you want, but I kind of need it. So communicating and knowing your partner. And, you know, if you're a jealous person, this life is not for you. (laughs) Like this is not, 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 not for you. It's not going to end well. Yeah. No, no. You need to know yourself, 
you know, and, and we had that hard and fast conversation when he first kind of auditioned for the band and he was like, Hey, how do you think, how do you think you're going to be, are you going to be okay with this? And, uh, you know, I had a real, I had like two days where I just kind of sat down and I'm like, is it going to bother me? Are any of these things going to bug me? Like he gets to travel around the world and do all of these really cool, awesome things. Are you okay with that while you're sitting in the classroom and you've got 22 kids screaming at you? And at the end of the day, for me, the answer was, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely okay with that. Like, I don't really enjoy traveling, so I'm okay with not, you know, like, it's amazing to me that he gets to do all of these cool things. And for me, I'm more excited at the fact that he gets to be a part of that than I am the fact that I'm not. Um, so my biggest thing was, hey, I'm not a jealous person, so none of it bothers me. None of it at all. Um, and that's huge for me. So knowing myself and knowing him personality wise, and then obviously getting to know the personalities of the bandmates, right? Like, I think people would be surprised to know who all of these band members like truly are, like down to their core. Um, and for me, they're just sweetest, most genuine group of guys. And so, you know, people are like, don't you get worried when he's on the road? And I'm like, no. They're in sweatpants eating pizza, <laughs> like <laughs> playing video games at 1030. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, Once you pull back the curtain. They're the nerdiest group of people ever. And I love them so much for that. Um, you know, so no, none of it bothers me. Um, and I think you just, you really just need to be comfortable in yourself and in your partner and in your relationship and just communicate with each other a hundred percent. I've had goosebumps like six times in that <laughs> answer. I feel like everything you said is so spot on and so <laughs> profound. Um, it's it's really challenging not to internalize what is external. Yeah. Uh, when somebody comes in and they've had a bad day or somebody calls you and they can't remember a detail from the day until you really like dive in and recognize that often their days are exactly the same. Yeah. And 90% of it is boring as hell. Right. There's not a lot to talk about, no. you know? I, yeah, I think the biggest thing is like, they're living Groundhog Day, like every, every single mm -hmm. day. So when they get to do these cool things, like, just let them have that moment. Yeah, that's great advice. It is hard for me also, because I love to travel and it's pretty much all I want to do. And so it's, but I know what you're saying is true about Groundhog Day. And it's like waking up, trying to find a bathroom, trying to find some coffee every day. Mm-hmm. Something that Nisha and I talk about is, like, in my, in, in my line of work, living that lifestyle is the dream because you have somebody dealing with all the other stuff, right? Right. You wake up in your house, and even though I work from home, I walk past two loads of laundry that need to get done or whatever. There's constant things pulling you out of, of the thing that you should be doing, whereas when you're on the road... I could sit in a room and have someone bring me catering you, or yeah, eat, what you ask for. shove a menu in your <laughs> face. Like, what do you want for dinner? And, and everything else is removed from the to-dos. Yeah. There's something so, uh, I just, that to me feels like the sweet spot, but I can see how it, what it, it isn't yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah. It's, it's a drag. It's a drain. Um, it's the reason they go and hunt key man figures for <laughs> four hours a day. And a lot of the, you know, the, the venues are disgusting. <laughs> yeah. you know, there's nowhere to shower. You can't you're really be alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're never alone. 
there's nothing around yeah. to go walk to and do. So it's definitely it's definitely a trade. Yeah. So this is a this is a really big this is a big one. Are you I'm ready? ready? You seem to know a lot about yourself. I'm very excited to hear. What do you know to be true about yourself, the world, and the universe? See, this is a tricky one, um, you know, because the answer kind of came to me like very quickly and I feel like that's not the best time. But I think that the only thing I really know to be true about like the universe and everything else is that there's no certainty. So, um, you know, you are as happy or as miserable as you decide to make yourself. And so I think the biggest thing is, you know, for me, and it took me a while to learn it, like, you just need to stop giving a shit about everybody else. Figure out what makes you happy, what makes you tick, figure out what makes your family happy, and just work to fulfill yourself and the people that you care about. And just just stop caring about what everybody else thinks, because you're not guaranteed anything in life. Everybody's going to go through difficult times. Everybody's going to go through, you know, great times. So you've got these highs and these lows. Just worry about celebrating them and getting through them on your own and stop caring about everybody else. Your lows might not be anywhere near anybody else's lows and your highs, you know, nowhere near anybody else's highs, but that's on based on somebody else's outside perception. So do what makes you happy, you know, fulfill yourself, fulfill your family and just rock through day by day because nothing's guaranteed. I think you thought right. That was that was the best gut reaction. <laughs> it it reminds me of Camille's answer where she was saying, you know, it's like you can't judge it according to anyone else right. ever. Really, there's no reason to do that. But especially when you're living this alternative, quote unquote, mm-hmm. lifestyle, like you said, it's the same as everyone else's, but then <laughs> it's different. But you also can't compare. So, right. yeah, profound. All right. So now we go into a quick rapid fire. Here we go. These are the the easier ones. Uh, (laughs) What are you watching? What are you watching, listening to, anything you're binging right now, reading? Yeah. So um, I actually hate television. Interesting fact. I really, I I don't enjoy it. I did not know that. Oh, that's how you have your teaching and real estate and (laughs) thinking. That makes sense now. (laughs) It makes it very interesting in our house because Zach like loves to just kind of zone out in front of the TV and I can't stand it. So I will get sucked into a series like every once in a while. And I want every just minute detail of a series that I can. But then when it's over, I'm like, eh. So, <laughs> you know, I love to read. I love, love, love to read. Um, And I've got some like guilty pleasure reading. I love Julian Flynn. I love her like murder mystery kind of stuff. I think I've read her series start to finish like eight times. I love it, which is kind of creepy, I guess, in a way that I'm like really into these like psychological murder mysteries. Um, And I do like to watch murder shows. These you know, murder mysteries. I do enjoy the, I swear I'm not like plotting to try and kill anybody. I just, I'm like really into like psychology behind people who are so screwed up in the head. Same. I don't know why that intrigues me so much. That should be a little worrisome, I guess. But like I binge her stuff. I also really, really like history books. Like I'm really into history. So I'm into um, a book right now. I just picked it up. It's like the history of the world based on four drinks, beer, coffee, bourbon, and, um, I forget what the other one is because I haven't gotten that far. Is but it wine? Yeah, it's wine. Um, and it's all about how the history of the entire world is just centered around like the obsession with these four beverages. I love it. And so I'm like really into that. Um, so I'm like binging those kind of books right now. Yeah, that's so cool. And I, I saw the book cover and was like, yes, please. And just shoved it in my cart. I didn't even read the back. So I'm like really into history books and also like murder mysteries. And then I've been like totally binging 80s pop music. Like I can't get enough. Like what? Give us, give us like a... 
so I'm, I'm totally into like Whitney Houston and Michael Jackson and like I'm going down the run like and I gave Zach some shit a couple of years ago about Yacht Rock but man it's been on my oh, playlist yeah. for a while I just can't get enough of it and I don't know it's just feel good and like poppy and I feel like right now everything is so doom and gloom and I just kind of want to ignore all of that and so I just put on the 80s stuff and I'm like yeah if it's rocking in the background like who cares who cares about anything else well, speaking of that, what would your theme song be? This is the hardest question for me on the whole list. <laughs> when I look through, I'm like, I don't know. Um, I feel like you know, everybody struggles yeah, with this one. Yeah. It's, I, yeah. And I don't know why, but I think it's because you're trying to like take your whole existence and stuff it into the box. And so, you know, I came up with two and they're so like opposite end of each other. So the first one that popped into my head was uh, Girl on Fire by Alicia Keys because I'm just feeling myself right now and I haven't in a long time. So I kind of got that one and I'll play that one in the background and kind of sing it in the car and just felt it, which is awful to hear like from the side because I'm not a singer. Um, and then, you know, the other one that I gravitate to because um, I'm in this the thing that drives that crazy about me is when I get into a band, I'm just into them and I don't want to hear anything else, like anything else for months and months and months. So I've been on the Jimmy Eat World kick for a really super long time. And so I'm kind of really stuck on the middle right now, um, just because it's poppy and it's like feel good. But it's also just to me when I hear it, it's like figure who you are out and then just like go for it. Just do the things that can make you happy. And so it's just kind of been my running theme for the last couple of months. I feel like those two are my go to like theme songs right now. I want to listen to both of those now. They're yeah. both great. <laughs> I remember listening to that record for the first time, the Jimmy Eat World record. Yeah. And I was painting my bedroom at the time. Claude and I had just kind of like started dating and we were talking about like, you know, our future or whatever. And I was yeah. repainting my bedroom. And I remember listening to it on a loop, probably mm-hmm. for three days straight and feeling that exact way that it doesn't really matter. Everything is going to just yeah. be fine. It'll be cool. Just see where it goes and keep pushing through it. Right. That was the hardest one for me. I'm like, oh, it's hard. It seems like it's a hard one. It is, yeah. So, since you're kicking Zach to the curb <laughs> tomorrow, uh, what will be the the one thing or the guilty pleasure that you'll be partaking of while he's gone? This is so nerdy, and I I, I understand <laughs> fully how nerdy this is. But every time he leaves, my favorite thing is I go to bed when I put my kids to bed. So, like, I'm in bed at eight o'clock. Yeah, and that's I'm my favorite. You. Like guilty pleasure. He's a night owl and I'm a morning person. So when he's home, I really just want to like unwind and spend my evenings with him. Even though evenings with him is me falling asleep on the opposite couch while he watches television (laughs) because I'm completely bored. Um, But my my total guilty pleasure when he's gone is I put my kids to bed and then I climb in bed, no TV, no nothing. And I just pass out. And I love that. Like my favorite part about him being gone. And then I'll get up at like 4.35 4.35 and I'll do my workout when the whole house is quiet and I'll drink my flavored coffee. That's my other guilty pleasure. He likes clean coffee and he kind of like rubs me a little bit because I really like these brew fruit, like fancy coffee flavors. And so when he's gone, I just dock my coffee cabinet with like these <laughs> proofy like coffees. Um, so those are totally my guilty pleasures. Like I go to bed before the sun goes down and, and I drink my fancy coffee probably way more than I should, but it's stuff that I don't really indulge in when he's home. I love that. I also love to go to bed early and not wake oh, up I'm... early. <laughs> no, no, See, I can't sleep in. So I like to get up and do my thing. But man, there's nothing more satisfying to me than crawling into bed at like 8.15. Yep. I love that. 
Claude and I are both early sleepers yes. and early risers. So it's it, it's like a competition to see who can fall asleep before <laughs> yeah. seven thirty every night. But, you know, so great. You change the sheets. You got those fresh oh, sheets and like a candle and the window open. Oh, yeah, yeah. We both Oof. go to bed early, but Adam wakes up so so much earlier than me. I think I just need a lot of sleep. Yeah, they actually did a study and said that women need more sleep than men, oh. which obviously. <laughs> It's not like we're giving life or anything. <laughs> well, this was such a great chat. Well, thank you. I'm chatting with you. I'm inspired. I'm humbled. I'm inspired. <laughs> thank you so, so much for coming. Yeah, thank you. We are so excited to have you in chat. And you're so well-spoken and smart. Well, it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was beautiful. Awesome. Great. It's nice to chat with you. Have thank a good day. You. Yeah, so um, I think that we will have another short episode next week answering some of the Q&A questions from the Instagram, Bandwives Pod, and then um, on to the next guest. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, we'll talk soon. Okay. Bye.